inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time for In the Garden on WDEV. Sponsored today by the Willie Store, family owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and so much more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By PR Lumber, Route 15 in Walkett, a family milled lumber mill for all projects. See them on Facebook. By Guy's Farm and Yard, if it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. And right now, here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hi. Beautiful day out there. Good day to be out in the garden and get things going. Um, did you hear the logger this morning? He was... Uh, yeah, he, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Rusty DeWeese was on with Jack this morning, if you didn't hear, promoting his grain shows and playing a little guitar for us. And as you noticed and you complimented his picking... Yeah, you know, I've been trying to teach myself guitar. I've actually had some couple of lessons with a great guitarist. Mm. Uh, but uh, by golly, he is—he's uh, yeah, always been good. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but boy, he's got it down. And that yeah. flat picket ain't the easiest ain't thing easy. to yep. do. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. And his show, um, after the show out in the hallway, Rusty and I were talking, and he told me that he had started Garden about two, three years now, he said. <laughs> I looked, th- and he looked at me, kind of thoughtful for a second. He said, "Let me let me ask you something." <laughs> I said, "Sure." You well, that's what I do. In bo- on the bottom, or do you put the roots in on the top? No, no, that's not what he asked. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I want to get started before Memorial Day. Can you do that?" <laughs> I said, "Well, it's funny you ask, Rusty." That is what my show is about today. <laughs> Getting started early. <laughs> so, and, and where it started with me was reading on the back of a seed pack that says, as soon as the soil can be worked. But not with a jackhammer, because I could do that in February. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the first time I read that, I was wondering, and I wonder if you're wondering, what does that really mean? Exactly. And I, and I definitely, me too, I didn't know what the heck it meant. What it means is that as soon as the snow melts and the frost is out of the garden bed, okay, 
You know, if you poke down in and you, you hit ice, you know it's not ready to be worked. As soon as the bed is dry enough that there's no puddles and the garden soil doesn't clump up when you squeeze on it, then it's ready to plant. So that is the definition of as soon as the soil can be worked. But remember, the key here is that there are plants that prefer the cold. They grow better in the cold spring days, right? So plants that you'll see on the back of the package that say as soon as the soil can be worked are like spinach, some early lettuces, radishes. Miner's lettuce was something that um, uh, uh, that um, I'd never heard about until uh, Ed Smith uh, mentioned it in his book, Miner's Lettuce and Corn Salad. Those are those are early, early, and they love the cold. Don't forget peas, turnips, something aka Asian tatsoi, Asian uh, spinach, which is called tatsoi. If you've never seen it or heard about it. Um, it's a little Asian green that uh, uh, is, is like a spinach. Um, arugula you can plant, kale, all your mescaline mixes, and even a pak choy if you've never planted that before. Now, these are from seeds. You're going to plant these, right? And then after the daffodils bloom, which should be any day now, I know I've seen some around, right? You can uh, start planting your beets and your Swiss chard, uh, your leaf lettuces and your head lettuces and cilantro. All of these can be planted as soon as the soil can be worked. So now we know uh, what that means. It means as soon as the soil can be worked is when it dries out enough and when it's all. Now, the big advantage... The big advantage that you have with garden beds, permanent garden beds, is that that day is sooner than any other way you might garden. If you don't have to rototill, you don't have to plow and, and disc, if you don't have to do any of those things, all you need to do is wait until the snow is gone and the ice is out. You can take your little hand rake, rake it up, and plant. You don't have to wait until it's dry enough, the soil's dry enough for the rototiller to go in and then rake that out and, stuff, and all that. All you have to do is just wait and rake and plant. So big advantage in growing a, uh, uh, your things in a, uh, in a permanent garden bed. Oh, we have somebody on the line here. Pete in Plainfield? Yes. Hi, Pete. Pete How and repeat. <laughs> I got some questions. Sure. My Wife just retired, yeah. and she wants to try this gardening. Yep. So I'm going to build her a four by four box. Yep. How, how deep should it be? Well, uh, sixteen. Uh, the minimum is six inches. Now, if you plan to grow uh, big carrots, long carrots, daikon radishes, that kind of thing that have a long tap root, then you might want to go twelve inches. Okay, but six inches is the majority of my beds. I I put that right on top of the ground, and then I fill that with uh, with uh, peat moss, vermiculite, and compost. Yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be nice to her. I'm going to build this off the ground about three feet. Oh, so she doesn't have to bend over. Oh, how nice! <laughs> You're a champion. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and what's the mixture you put in? 
Uh, it's a, a one-third mix. It's uh, peat moss, vermiculite, and compost, and it's one-third each. And uh, that, um, well, if you're if you're going to go, are you going to go 12 inches deep or are you going to go 6 inches? I think so, yeah. Okay, all right. So um, 12 inches deep is 16 cubic feet. So you can you can either you know figure that out the one third one third five five cubic feet of each basically right exactly you got it but and and uh, for a four by four by six inches that's about three five gallon ba- uh, pails of uh, of each peat moss vermiculite and compost so you'd be about double that. And so you need to, to, to really make sure you water it real good. And, uh, you remember where, uh, you're not touching the ground. You will need to water, um, fairly frequent. You really need to watch that. But uh, with the vermiculite, that's the, one of the advantages with the vermiculite is it does hold moisture even as the, as the air temperatures get warmer and hotter. But can I get all this stuff at any hardware store? Oh, yeah. Um, Garden store. If you go to uh, the Plainfield Hardware Store, I noticed they had the big uh, four cubic foot uh, uh, bales of vermiculite, and then the rest you can get anywhere. Um, okay. Agway usually has the four cubic, and Blue Seal they they all have the the four cubic foot uh, bag of vermiculite, and um, they have also perlite. I wouldn't. You can mix the perlite in if you want to. But the main ingredient would be the vermiculite. Okay. Yeah, vermiculite, peat moss. And now add to that, okay, for a 4x4, four four, I put in one cup of a good organic fertilizer to start with. I put in one cup of, of kelp meal to start with. I put in one cup of a dolomite lime or any kind of limestone. And I like uh, uh, rock powder. I'll use a one cup of um, uh, azomite or any rock powder that you can find is fine. But uh, azomite is usually sold in in um, uh, stores in in the garden stores. And you I mix that in as your yeah, just uh, just sort of uh, sprinkle it on the top and dig it in. And as it rains and as your waters, it'll soak down in and uh, break down. The compost is is more for the medium. It 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 helps to uh, make a good medium mix, and that's what you'll find in a lot of your um, uh, your garden centers. Is you know the the little uh, sets that you buy. That's almost exactly what they have in those. So it's a what I call a perfect soil. It's a good perfect start. Okay. Okay. So what that's is a drill holes? In the bottom of that, so for uh, drainage, or I, you should. Uh, I would probably put them off to the side, um, okay, rather than the bottom. But uh, yeah, you want to make sure you put it on a, on a side. Oh, there. I see. It's in on the side of the uh-huh. box. On the side of the, the box, bottom, so that, yeah, so that it can drain. Yeah. What about can. putting stones in the bottom? You can do that, but I don't think it's really necessary. I, okay. Uh, you know. That's uh, that's what you would do in a in a pot or a container. But even in my containers, I don't do it in in those. And basically, okay. what you're what you're building is just a, a big container. And, yeah. And uh, but that's why I say my containers, the one that I use, I use the um, um, the garden patch uh, grow box, and that has a four gallon reservoir at the bottom of it. 
And um, so uh, since you're not going to have a reservoir, then you want to make sure that you you have uh, you, that you water on a regular basis. Yeah, we got a hose right next door. So. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Okay. And uh, okay. good luck. Let me let me know how it goes. I'm I'm interested to see see what you grow. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, is it mostly for like uh, greens and lettuces? Or are you trying yeah. to grow? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she might probably uh, she may throw some a tomato plant in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What you might want to think anything. about for the tomato plants is um, one one that uh, that you would use in a hanging basket, like a tom thumb or. And uh, let it uh, sort of drape over the side a little bit. Okay. It's a thought because if you start out three feet tall and and then the tomatoes are another three feet tall. Uh, yeah, she's not tall enough to pick them. <laughs> that, well, you, uh, that's the point. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, but if you do if you do plant regular tomatoes, make sure you look for something that's called a bush tomato. Because if it's an indeterminate or a vine tomato, it will grow six feet tall, and you need all of that six feet to to get a good uh, harvest. With a bush tomato, it's designed to only grow about three feet tall, and it'll it it gives you all your tomatoes at once. So, yeah. and that's why we're saying if you want some small tomatoes like cherry tomatoes, you want something that's more like a tom thumb, which is is a basket tomato or a container tomato, and they, those won't grow really tall. But otherwise, cherry tomatoes generally grow again six feet tall, so you don't want those. Okay. Okay. Yep. Good Thank luck. You very much. All right, Pete. Take Thank care. You. Yep. Bye. Bye. So, um. Where was I? What was I saying here now? As soon as the soil can be worked, right? So you go to the store and you check the packs and see which ones say as soon as the soil can be worked. So today you can take one of those packs out, take your hand rake, rake up the bed a little bit, and uh, and start planting. And and you will uh, your radishes will be up in about three or four days. And particularly now, in the next few days are going to be nice and sunny. Um, they they will sprout uh, as, as in as little as three days. Uh, usually, it's usually about seven days, but I've seen them come up real quick. So that will get you started. So I have a question for Rusty Deweese, right? I wonder if we'll meet the gardener when the logger is out of the woods. <laughs> what do you say, Rusty? Are we going to meet the gardener? <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of good humor <laughs> in gardening, that's for sure. <laughs> that's uh, so. Anyway, Rusty asked a very inc- good question. I mean, it was it was the kind of thing that you get from somebody who's never gardened before and has no preconceptions. He says, "Well, you know, can't I start before Memorial Day?" Well, yeah, you can if you choose the right things. That was a perfect question, and that's the kind of question that. When Mel Bartholomew, the fellow who wrote the Square Foot Garden book, he asked when he was first learning how to garden, like he's, he was reasoning, why do I plant carrot seeds every half inch when I want them only every three inches and I have to go and pull the other ones out? Why not just plant them every three inches? Perfect question. And that's what led to the grid planting with no spaces, no, no spaces for 
uh, for pathways in between your rows. He just planted, you know, a row at three and three inches over. He planted a row and three inches over. He planted another row and three inches over. He planted another row. And he planted that whole four foot roll all within one square foot. So, um, those are the kind of questions that you get when you, you come to it kind of new. And, uh, um, anyway. It's a good reason to use those permanent beds. They'll warm up faster, dry out earlier, and they'll never puddle. You basically will never see a puddle in those. And they require no heavy equipment, you know, to prepare the soil. You don't even walk on the beds, so there's no problem of your compacting the soil. Okay, any questions? <laughs> what time is it? It's almost time for a break, though. I it? think it is, All yeah. All right, buddy. And, uh, of course, all, all your gardening supplies and everything you need, all we're talking about, vermiculite and peat moss and all, available at so many of our fine sponsors. Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to dandelionacres.com for current operating hours and COVID caveats. The telephone number for you to call with your comments or questions is 802-244-1777. And once again, the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. So um, I always enjoy when when you can use something that's growing around your house as sort of a clock in a sense. Uh, right now, my uh, my crocuses and the uh, uh, the snowdrops are up and... The daffodils are starting to to come up, and that's a, a sign. That's sort of a, a signpost that says, "Okay, it's okay to start planting your your carrots, and uh, you can start to plant your your beets for for harvest, and your Swiss chard you can plant, and the cold hardy uh, lettuces." Now, the thing that I do with lettuces, and this is you know this is a uh, uh, important in that if you plant 50 heads of lettuce right now, well, you'll have 50 heads of lettuce ripe about the same time. So what you want to do is you want to plant some of your lettuces now from seeds and then grab a few sets and plant them too. So that way you have a succession. You can, you can start, you know, grabbing leaves around those sets that you put on. And then about the time that those are, are all spent or starting to bolt, then the seeds that you plant will come up. And that's the challenge with, with gardening and trying to get a steady flow of, uh, of greens for the salad bowl or for, for stir fry or whatever. But, a steady flow of greens is is one of the real challenges for a garden, and that's uh, so you can use a combination of your seeds and the sets to kind of give you a, a succession. You can start out with the plants and at the same time plant the seeds. So if you say, um, I usually plant a, um, two uh, six packs of of sets and and about the same amount of seeds. So I'm planting, 
you know, 12, uh, 12 plants of the, the sets and then 12 plants from seeds. And the, the, the thing to remember with lettuces is that the time to plant lettuce is today. And it doesn't matter what day it is, once your garden, you know, your soil is ready to plant, you just keep planting. So you'll vary the the kind of lettuce that you plant at different times, but you want to just keep planting, uh, say, you know, the, the, the 12 plants at least, you know, every week or two, 12 heads of lettuce will get you through, you know, a couple, three weeks before they start to bolt, uh, once they start to ripen up. So once the sets are all picked out and starting to bolt, then your seeds are about ready to start picking. And I usually don't plant uh, my lettuces for the head. I usually plant them just for the leaves where I pick off a leaf all the way around and then I go to the next plant and pick all the outer leaves off and go to the next plant. And lettuces have no problem with that at all. They, they're, matter of fact, usually uh, if, if you don't pick them when they're nice and beautiful, the plant will start to cut them off anyway. You'll see them start to yellow or, you know, anything, you know, like that where the plant is basically saying, you know, I don't need you guys anymore. So you're not hurting the plant at all by picking those leaves. They don't need those leaves necessarily to grow well. Whereas uh, with a head lettuce now, once once it does start to warm up in May, um, I'll start to shift the the seeds that I plant or the sets that I plant over to something that's more like a head lettuce, like a, uh, well, iceberg is one of my favorites, and the, the romaine lettuce. Those are more head lettuces, and those will take a longer time to actually uh, form a head and... Um, you can still, you know, steal some leaves on the outer side of it, but if you really want that head of lettuce, um, then then you got to just give it more time. And for those, what I'll usually do is I'll plant one in the center of a square and then four on the outside. The four on the outside, I'll plant and pick. The one in the center, I'm going to leave to make a to make a head later on. And that way you make the, the best use of your space. And when that head really wants to start to, to fill out, it'll fill that whole, whole square foot. And, but once, once you've planted those and those are starting to grow, well, then you want to keep planting. You know, it's like I said, today is the time to plant lettuce. Whatever day that is, you just keep planting. And you can plant the tatsoya if you want. You can plant more spinach if you want. All of these are good salad greens. You know, you can plant uh, arugula, which is a wonderful salad green. Or you can plant more of, um, if you want, you can do baby chard and baby beets. You can do the bull's blood beet, which is great for greens. Um, so just keep planting them as the season goes on. And uh, you will always have a nice mix of of greens for your salad. This is one of the things that's been well, if uh, that's been great about salad is that it used to be a time when there was salad meant iceberg lettuce, you know, the big round ball of iceberg lettuce, and delicious and good makes a great salad. But 
more nutritious is is that mix of baby leaves that we see in the stores now. You go in and there's a spring mix and there's a kale mix and there's a baby kale and then there's a, a baby spinach and then full spinach and and then there's a mescaline mix, uh, a mountain mix. Or, I mean, there's so many varieties of lettuces now that um, – that the definition of a salad is no longer just the the big hard big round iceberg lettuce, you know. Well, um, so this is what you're doing is you're just continuously growing greens for your salad bowl and a nice variety of stuff. Hey Joel, we got somebody on the line. It is uh, does that say Finn in Lincoln? I can't quite read. Oh, Anne, I see. I got it. Anne from Lincoln. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm just fine. How about yourself? Good. I'm good. I'm good. Thinking about our garden, of course. Isn't that great? (laughs) Yeah. And my question is, we bought a bunch of peas, and it says on the bag, for best results, inoculate for Mm -hmm. more vigorous plants. Mm -hmm. What does inoculate mean? Um, it's something you buy at the seed store and it's a, it, it, um, it basically, there's a, a certain, um, uh, little, uh, bacteria that the, the peas grow better with, you know, the, they, they're legumes, right? And legumes generally fix nitrogen on their, on their roots, but in order to uh-huh. fix the nitrogen on the roots, they need this inoculant. And they will grow without that. They will grow better with it. But uh-huh. if you've had a garden for a long time, you may not really need it. You know, you it's, might not need it. You then. might not need it. Okay. Uh, but it's not expensive or anything. And so what you do is um, uh, this time of year, uh, particularly when I'm planting early, I'll go ahead and soak my pea seeds for about an hour beforehand. Uh-huh. And then when I pour the water off, then I put the inoculant on because the inoculant looks like a black powder. And, and then it, you know, it sticks to the seeds because they're wet. And mm-hmm. then I'll mm-hmm. put that down and, uh, um, and, and so it, it helps out. It's a good thing. If you've never used it before, yeah, definitely give it a shot. Try it. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely give it a okay. shot. Now, if you, if you have trouble growing your peas, if for some reason, um, you know, you plant them in and the next week you don't see anything and the next week you don't see anything, um, mm-hmm. that's not unusual and it's not anything you do. It usually has to do with the weather, whether it's too hot or too cold or too warm or too whatever. And if you find yourself having that problem, then uh, go ahead and start them indoors and put them in little cells like you would a tomato plant. Just put them, you know, one in oh, each one. Oh, okay. And uh, that's, it works surprisingly well, and it's totally, um, would you say, almost uh, um, it, 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 it's uh, sacrilegious, basically, because everybody says don't start peas and 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 yet um i met uh, Merrill Laguerre uh, Laguerre farms over in East Montpelier uh, years ago and 
and I was going through his greenhouse and I said, Meryl, are these peas in these, you know? He said, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I grow them all the time. I always start my peas in, in, uh, cups and huh. plant them out because he said, I, I get better, you know, I get better germination that way and, and, uh, I'm, it's more certain. And he was a truck sure. farmer, so he wanted to make sure he was growing his peas because a lot of people, you know, wanted those as a first crop. Right, and so right. and the other day when I was in Agway and I was buying some seeds, uh, uh, I got to talking and somebody looked over and he said, I recognize that voice. <laughs> <laughs> he said, as a matter of fact, he had just bought this 72 um, cell tray. Uh, to plant his peas, you know, because they, oh, they were funny. having problems with, uh, with their peas coming up. And, and some years you do, you know, it's, it's not mm-hmm. you, it's just the weather. And, and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one of those things. Don't get discouraged. Just go ahead and keep planting or try that as a little trick, you know. So uh-huh. I grow okay. them on, I grow them on a trellis and it's a 32 per, um, four foot. And if you, whatever kind of trellis you're using, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so you you know how many you'll need to plant four feet. So four you'll feet. soak those and put that stuff on. Or you know maybe if you're oh, doing twenty, okay. if you're doing twenty feet, you know depends on on what okay. you want. Now, which kind of peas are you growing? They're called green arrow. Green arrow. Do they call shell it a peas. shell pea? Green okay. arrow. Yep. Now you you understand the difference between a shell pea is specifically just for the peas. You have to you know right. break them open right. shell. And then the yeah. snap pea, the sugar snap pea, is sometimes called an edible pod. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's uh, and and those are great too. And then there's uh, another one uh, that's called the snow pea. And a snow pea is one you see like in in, in a Chinese dish, you know, Chinese, the, the flat right. ones. Yeah. Okay. So you got what you wanted then. You want a shell pea. Yes. Okay. Yep. 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 Sometimes you'll see them called garden peas. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Well, it was funny when when we we bought about five or six packages and we got one home and I started reading mm-hmm. what it said on the label mm-hmm. and it had the word inoculate spelled mm-hmm. wrong. <laughs> So here I am with the dictionary looking up this word I never heard of, and I spent about half an hour trying to figure out what the word was. Then I picked up another bag, and it had inoculate. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you would you would think there'd be a spell checker there somewhere, you know? <laughs> you would. You would. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, anyway, now you know what inoculate is. Okay, is that, now uh, I know, and thank you very much. I think we'll try it. Okay, great. Yeah, take care. Good luck. Let thank me know you, how Peter. it goes. Yep. You're okay, welcome. thanks. Sure Bye. Thing. Bye. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so we have somebody else on the on the line. We have another Anne. From where did you say Brookfield? Okay, yes. yeah, from Brookfield. Yes, I would like to know mm-hmm. about parsnips. Okay, I was going to buy some, and that, I was at Guy's, and the girl that was there, I think, is from France. Uh-huh. She said, "No, no, don't buy parsnip seeds now and plant it." Mm-hmm. I, I think my parents used to do it then, but she said, "No, you have to plant it once." It's like this time of the year. Now, tell me what, 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 who should I believe in? 
So what she was saying is don't plant it this time of year? Don't, no, plant it this time of the year. I want, I was buying, I was going to buy some parsnip seeds. She said, no, you can't plant it now. And that was like in the fall. Oh, in the fall. Yeah. Yep. And she said it has to be in the spring. Well, up here, I think it does have to be in the spring. Okay. But the fact is, is that you can try to do it anytime you want. Right. There is no, there is no rule that says that you absolutely can't. And you'll find that in your particular situation, you know, one will, uh, one will work and the other won't, or they'll both work. And okay. it's, it's similar, um, you know, the parsnip is actually not really very good tasting until it's had a good frost on it. Right. And so I think that's probably the idea. And the difference, um, although uh, France and Vermont are on the same uh, latitude or longitude, the one that goes around the earth. Oh, yeah. Um, we, and we both have the same amount of sunlight as the Riviera, believe that or not. Sure. Huh. Um, it's a, it's, we still have a, a shorter growing season that is, uh, frost free. We have shorter mm-hmm. frost free days. Mm. But, Interesting. so, so I plant, my best spinach, I plant actually in the fall. Oh, and of yes. course garlic, I plant in the fall, and you can plant some onions in the fall. And there's a lot of things you can plant in the fall that will come up you know, now, mm-hmm. right, right mm-hmm. about now mm-hmm. to come up. Mm-hmm. So you give them a Thank try. You. Parsnips are not easy. They're a real challenge. Um, and I, <laughs> I've, I've watched a few YouTube videos on people that grow these parsnips and it's like quite the formula. I mean, uh, one guy mm-hmm. actually put these about two inch, you know, plastic tubes down and he grew them oh. in those plastic tubes. And, you know, he uh-huh. had these really <laughs> incredible, incredible parsnips. Uh, that was a fellow over in the UK. But again, you know, their climate is very different than ours, but. Right. Well, my parents had a great parsnips. I mean, beautiful ones and mm-hmm. nice tasting. Mm-hmm. So it must be they knew. How to do it? Did they they planted them in the spring then? I I don't remember. Oh boy! I really don't remember, <laughs> but I just remember they were large and they were very tasty. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. My dad loved parsnips, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's a it, it, because you know his mom, my grandmother, grew them, and she was a hell of a gardener. I mean, she really sure. she really could grow just about mm-hmm. anything. She had two mm-hmm. green thumbs. Mm. The other thing is. All my, almost all my onion mm-hmm. plants mm-hmm. had brown dead inside. Mm. I've never had such an onion that ever did that. Now, is this, you mean while it was in the garden or after you stored it? When, no, when I took it out of the garden as well as storing it. Mm. It was, it was dead like one, uh, spear in the mm-hmm. middle. Mm-hmm. One spear in the middle. Was, yeah. It's funny you say that because we had another fellow who uh, said he had the same problem with his onions, and he'd never had that problem before. We haven't either. No. Yeah. Yeah, uh, So I I just wonder if either there was a very, very hot spell when things dried out too much or versa visa when there was a really wet period when things got too Uh wet. and, And one of those, it just takes, you know, the onion skin, it only takes Mm -hmm. one layer. And uh, I know from the ones that I've that I've bought, 
you know, it will happen that you'll have just that one layer that's all brown all the way right. around it. You peel out the outside mm-hmm. and then it's blau, you know, brown yeah. and soft right. and then you peel out the inside and then it's all mm-hmm. good. So that, I always buy plants. Oh, I don't yeah. care for the other. I, yeah. I, I like the plants. You don't like the little sets? The no. little onion sets, yeah. Yeah, I grow those just for scallions because I, oh, I really I enjoy see. scallions in a lot of my mm-hmm. stir-fry dishes. And mm-hmm. I also use the use them for um, uh, when we make uh, kimchi. I like oh, those yes. little green, little green mm-hmm. onions. They're great in kimchi. Well, thank you so much. Well, you're welcome, and I'm glad you. to know that someone else has had that problem with their onions because <laughs> we never had before. And I'm like, uh, what did we do wrong? Uh, no, I, 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 I don't know, but uh, it sounds so much like exactly what it, we had somebody uh, call in before. So I think maybe you're on to that, that, that maybe something yeah. something in the weather there would be my guess. Right. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome, yeah. man. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate thank it. You. Good to hear yeah. from you. Bye bye. Bye. Joel, are we uh we gonna break or uh, we wanna... could take our second break right now. Yeah. It's uh, up to you, buddy. Do wanna let folks know that uh In the Garden is sponsored by uh and underwritten by a number of really fine businesses that can help you with all your gardening needs and many other needs as well. So um we'll take a break right now and invite your calls and comments at eight oh two In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. In the garden, once again, here's Peter. Hey, Joe. Uh, looks like we have a couple calls on the line. Um, we'll go to Robert and Cabot. Okay. Peter. Robert, are you there? I am. Oh. Well, what's up? Are you out in the garden? I'm about to be. So Good. Here's my question. I am um, starting to compost yeah. project yeah and i got one of those square black boxes yep and i'd like to know do i need to dig under it to allow organisms up through nah. where should i put it sun shade what how, how, how do you get it to heat enough to really work okay first of all um if you're if you're going to use it uh, for kitchen waste, right? You're going to add a little bit yeah. of the kitchen. Okay, yeah. it's never going to get hot like uh, like you get in a in a big pile where it's old steamy. It'll be warm in there, but it's not going to get that hot hot. Um, well, and that's and that's fine. It just means that it'll take um, you know about a, a year cycle to really decompose to where you, you can dig out the bottom okay. with a beautiful, nice, rich stuff. Second of all, put it where you need it or want it or where it's easy to get to. And I have five uh, I have five compost bins, and I've got two in the upper garden and one uh, in the lower garden, and then I've got one. Where, where when the plow guy comes in the winter, he passes right by it, so I can walk up to it in the winter. I don't have to trudge through uh-huh. up to up into the upper garden. So, uh, put you know, put it where you want it, where it works for you. It will work as well in, in a in a sunny spot as it will in a shady spot. 
And as okay. far as digging down in, don't bother unless you, you know, unless you really want to or unless there's some sort of a weed that's growing there that you don't want to encourage, that kind of thing. But other than that, put it where you want it and go for it. And what do I put it like? Um, garden pullings and hay yep. if I have some. And yep. Then... So the the formula for compost is greens and browns. You know, greens are right. you know obviously that kitchen garden waste that you're gonna you know whether it's uh, the 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 lettuce leaves or whatever um, you know the yep. choppings from peelings from carrots and potatoes that kind of stuff uh, your coffee grounds all of those things those are called greens okay because they're they're wet and they're high nitrogen. And then the browns are like, well, like leaves or straw or, you know, sawdust or, you know, that kind of thing. The, the obvious crinkly stuff that's dry. And, uh, uh, so you want to mix a little bit more of the browns the, to the greens. And there's all kinds of formulas, okay. say one to three or two to one or whatever. Just make sure that, you know, what you're trying to do is to keep your greens from becoming sort of sour and stinky. And if they're, if, if you're getting a sour, stinky smell from your compost, it means you don't have enough of the browns. So you want to add, okay. add the browns to it. So it, now, some people like to stir theirs. I have never had enough time to keep up with stirring. I just, you know, I just make sure I have enough uh, of the leaves. I like, we have a, uh, we have a, a, you know, a trash barrel full of, of leaves from last year. And it sits right next to, I have a five gallon compost bucket that it's out in the garage. And so I bring down okay. my gallon, put it on, crinkle up some leaves and put it on top of that. And then I throw that in the, in the compost bin. What, what do you think about uh, manure of any kind? Well, ma- manure is okay. Um, my, to my, add to a compost. Uh, that's fine. What you, what you really want to be careful of is that you're not uh, seeding weeds into your compost bin. And a lot of times manure has a tremendous amount of weeds in it, uh, seeds, weed seeds, because the weed seeds frequently would just pass right through. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And thanks uh, for the greens and browns, yeah, and uh, mix them around if you want to. If it looks really, really dry, you know, you can water it a little bit. But the one that I have, I don't know if you got it from Gardener Supply, but it has like a... Uh, a little dish around the top where it drips some rainwater in. Okay. And so, yeah, I haven't opened it yet. I actually got it at Agway, but yeah, see, yeah, that's a great English. one. Yeah, I've used that one too. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I've taken enough of your time, <laughs> and I appreciate the, the advice. Thank yeah. you so much. Never mind. Compost is a whole show. We're, we'll have to cover that. Yeah, one. I know. <laughs> I've, I've tried in the past, and I'm trying again. All right. This time for sure. Yeah, you'll do it. You'll do fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. And then we have Linda in Middlebury. Wow, from Middlebury. Hey, Linda. Hi. Um, You know, my daughter actually lives in Burlington, and we are doing a community garden with one of their plots this year. Okay. And they recommend not killing the pot. Yeah. And... I've never done no-till gardening before, so yeah. I wonder if you can talk about that for a bit. Yeah, sure. Um, 
No. And I'm going to hang up and listen. Oh, well, uh, hang on just for a second, okay? Because I want to ask you a few questions. Are you still there, okay. Linda? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, how, we're in the car. how big is the, are you driving or are you pulled over? No, we're pulled over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, are, well, how big is the plot? It's bigger than we want. It's 10 by 25. Okay, 10 by 25. Now, if you, have you listened to my show before? Cause I don't want to, no, uh, so I always recommend using, uh, a box making a permanent bed. Now, even though you're in a community garden, you can still use a, a box, you know, and I always recommend it because if that 10 by 12, if you have all of that, some of it you're going to use for a pathway and yet, and then when you fertilize it, you're going to fertilize a pathway and it's going to make for weeds. Now, particularly where you're not going to be there every day, you're only going to come, I suppose, on weekends or maybe one night a week or something like that. Um, you know, it, I really, th- you know, I recommend tr- just using a, you know, a, a four by four box or, uh, you know, whatever size fits in that, uh, that footprint really well. And then putting at least, um, 18 inch path in between it and put something down on that path that will keep the weeds from coming up. This way, you know, you're, you're going to be able to, Focus on just those garden beds, okay? So by a box, you mean like an actual box? I mean, I take a two by six, a a eight foot two by six, cut two of them in half, and I screw them together. And so it's just a frame. It's just an open frame on the bottom. You set it right down on top, and then I like to add uh, the the peat moss, the vermiculite, and a little more compost. And then uh, I also put in a uh, uh, some fertilizers as well. Hmm. Okay, does that okay. make sense? Okay. So if you yeah. have a 20 by 25, you know, you can do, say, three boxes and put a foot and a half in between them, and that, that just about takes care of your 20, 20 feet. And then t- make sure that on the outside of your boxes, around where the other gardeners are, make sure you, you do a pathway there. Now, I recommend doing a regular landscape cloth and then putting bark down on top of it to hold the landscape cloth down and keep your feet clean as you're walking around. And that way, you're also sort of protecting yourself from the other people, you know, in in that community garden. And yeah. uh, I think that you'll find that's great. And then if you can, um, definitely use a trellis on the northern side of each box, and you will find that you can grow just a tremendous amount in that small space. Okay, well, thank you. All right. Yep, uh, you know, you're, you're welcome to email me, uh, you know, uh, the tdgarden at aol.com. And, uh, if you have questions or, you know, you want to get into it a little bit more with me. Okay. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. All right, Linda. Bye bye. Um, and we have, uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. So we can kind of pick up where we left off, and where we left off was as soon as the soil can be worked, we got to do that. And then the succession planting with the lettuces, and so that starts as soon as the soil can be worked, and we keep going. And then, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to mention was um, if you're growing potatoes, right, this is the time to set them out 
in your house and let them green. You want to green your potatoes. Sometimes it's called chit your potatoes, C-H-I-T. I have no idea where that comes from. But you can, uh, what you're basically doing is you're putting your potatoes out in the light. And they can be in front of a, uh, a window or in, um, you know, if you've got a basement where there, you've got a bunch of fluorescent lights. Um, you'll see that when you leave your potatoes in a light spot uh, in your house during the winter, they'll actually start to turn green. Okay, so this is what's going to happen. They're going to turn green and then they'll start to sprout. So what this does, it gives you um, uh, kind of a, a leg up. They're already starting to grow when you're going to put them in the ground. Okay, so this is the time to start that because in a couple of weeks you can actually start to to plant your potatoes and and in a couple of weeks I'll do I'm going to do a show on planting your potatoes. But have your potatoes uh, get them out of the bag, uh, you know, uh, set them out on a, a towel or something and and put them in a in a, basically a a light spot. It doesn't necessarily have to be real warm or anything, but you know, put them someplace where they'll start to grow a little bit. And you don't want them to grow big. You just want them to sprout, say, half inch or so, you know, not not so long that you're going to start breaking them off. And um, in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about planting potatoes. How about that? What about you, Joel? Are you going to plant potatoes this year? I might try. That would be, this will, believe it or not, be the first time for me. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Huh. But uh, I, I, I just... Last year I was gifted some yeah. out of the garden potatoes. Uh-huh. There you and, go. Oh, my goodness. So much better than at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> so, gonna see what happens. Yeah, you know? they're good. Now, um, so, uh, you have a, a, a little one, a granddaughter, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you plant, uh, the, uh, smaller variety, the right. red ones, the smaller varieties. Yeah, I love those. And, uh, the kids absolutely love them. They adore helping you, you know, Harvest them later on. Excellent. And uh, I remember my grandson saying, this is the best day of my life. You know, <laughs> he was like. Second only to when you etch their name on a cucurbit, yeah. you know, on a pumpkin. A big pumpkin oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember Jake, Jake right. being thrilled. Yeah. But uh, they get a real thrill out of that. And your granddaughter would probably uh, mm-hmm. go in the end and pick it up. Well, she'll probably just happy with a big potato too, right? <laughs> I, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with a boiled up with a whole <laughs> bunch of butter on them. That's what I'd be happy with. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. <laughs> I especially like those new potatoes. So when we went up to um, PEI, Prince Edward Island. They grow fields and fields and miles and miles of potatoes up there, which I didn't never realize until we were up there during the season. And, and uh, you could go anywhere and you'd buy these new potatoes, you know, for like a buck for a couple of pounds. It was, they were cheap and all oh, so good. I mean, you could do anything with them. Lots of butter and then fresh parsley. I mean, yep. a few yep. all, all, all simple things out of the garden. Absolutely. And then I would take them uh, the next day when we had leftovers, right? I would cut them in half, put them in the fry pan, and then at the very end sprinkle some shredded cheese on the top. And, oh, man. <laughs> well, now I'm going to have to call for delivery of something. I, I don't know if they deliver new potatoes, but uh, I might have to settle for a pizza. <laughs> I'm starving <You> now. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, that's good. That's what we like. Uh, well, I, 
this uh, this week, I told my wife I was going to make mashed potatoes, and and that's one of my favorites too. And I'm debating as to whether to make the garlic mashed potatoes, you know, because I still have uh, uh, garlic left that's that's in good shape. You know, what's a surprise, Joel? Is last year, you know, we we had that that house fire and. And trying to trying to get the stuff out of the garden was kind of a mess, and you know, so all I did was I pulled my garlic and I just did my usual thing where I wash them and trim the trim the tops and the bottoms, and and I laid them out uh, downstairs in this house we're renting uh, on a on a, a brick hearth for a wood stove, and those garlic cloves have kept better than any garlic I've ever had. Hmm. Who, who, would, who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I was like, I'm still trying to figure out, well, why, you know, because they were overgrown. You know how they start to come apart, you know, like this, rather than a nice, you know, the wrappers are nice and tight around them, so you can actually see the individual cloves. And uh, and uh, other than washing them and trimming them, I just basically left them there on that and and uh, I kept thinking, well, I should hang these up or I should put them in a box or get them in a bag. But uh, those things have kept so well, you know, and that's that's a funny thing about gardening. A lot of times it's it's a mistake or a mishap or something, you know, and you you say, huh, how come that's so good? I'm going to have to think about that and <laughs> see if I can duplicate it. <laughs> what, what are the restaurants that I used to like to go to? I mean, I still like oh, to go to, but yeah. haven't been going out much during this time. Mm-hmm. But uh, they would, uh, their garlic potatoes, they would they would put on the menu as garlic smashed potatoes Ooh. with an S. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is between mashed and smashed. Well, uh, they're coarser, that's all. They yeah. they just, you okay. know, they, they use them and smash them so that they're they're bigger chunkier you know that's my oh, okay well uh, yeah i guess, but, they, guess but, they were okay well yeah. we used to get the smashed potatoes at down home you know uh, uh in montpelier that, uh-huh. and what they did is they literally just smashed them they they cooked them until they were soft enough and they must have taken a uh something and just you know pushed on them and so they broke open a little bit and then they roasted those they were cooked, and then they roasted oh, those. Oh. <laughs> oh man! And they put rosemary good. on them, and oh. I swear, you know, you could sit there. You, I, I could just have those for breakfast. It was no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Again, does anybody deliver master smashed potatoes? <laughs> master smashed mashed potatoes. They even reminds me of the of the dance. You want to give? <laughs> Remember the dance? Oh, absolutely, I do. Dick Clark's American Vantage. That's right. I've seen them. Now, the only thing that got me going... It's a dance in which you act as if you were mashing potatoes with your feet. Now, who the heck would want to eat mashed potatoes that you uh, did with your feet? But um, That's okay with grapes, right? Yeah, okay. yeah right, right. I remember the, the I Love Lucy show. Yeah, right. But uh, at any rate... Uh, that, that's the only that's the only problem with the mashed potato song is that yeah well yeah but those songs were supposed to make sense completely yeah rocket yeah but that, that's well that's a whole story that's my whole life you know it doesn't make any sense my parents would say I'd say that's the whole point that's it's it. rock and roll anyway that's right. yeah, yeah. back to gardening. <laughs>
<laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're going to pick it up next week with, uh, what are we going to talk about? Oh, peas. I want to talk about peas a little bit. And uh, we kind of had a pea primer here today because somebody asked. And, um, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take it up there. Obviously, if you have any questions, uh, yeah, pass it on. They have the, the website now, uh, the um, Facebook account for WDEV. You can get on there and ask questions there or, or send them right to my, my uh, email. Uh, give, give that email again. Yeah, so. TD Garden. Uh, T is in Tom, D is in David, Garden, uh, at AOL.com. Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. So well, we'll catch you next week, everybody. All right. We'll see you in the garden. Inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch. Row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. In the Garden, brought to you by the Willie Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington. One call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway on East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family owned True Value Store on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Clausen's Florist Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont grown plants since 1972. By V's Flower and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. P&R Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott. Family milled lumber for all of your projects. And check them out on Facebook, P&R Lumber. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, Guy's can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com Do join us again next Saturday at 12.30 in the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row. Someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below. Till the rain comes tumbling down. Till the rain comes tumbling down. Inch by inch, row by row.